We're doing our series on the Beatitudes, on uh, the eight statements that Jesus makes about the blessed life. Uh, Jesus is being portrayed by Matthew as the new Moses, right? So there's clue after clue in this Sermon on the Mount. The fact that it says he went up onto a mountainside and all these clues in there tell you Matthew was painting Jesus as the new Moses. And he, he gives them not ten commandments, but eight blessings, right? Less of a stick and more of a carrot. And he says, this is, this is the life that you really want. And we've been going through them uh, point by point. And today I want to talk about peacemakers. Jesus says, blessed are those who make peace or the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now just think for a minute. Um, peacemakers. Think about in your life what it would be like if you had peace. Peace in every level. So you can think right away when you think of peace, some of you think of war or global problems, right? And you watch the news and think about how much time and money and energy is spent on war or defense or whatever you would call it, right? Right now, if you know much about this, I think it's 40 to 45% of our discretionary federal budget is spent on national defense. What if 40 to 45% could go to something else? Remember what Isaiah said? Isaiah 2 uh, verse, uh, verse 4 says, they will beat their swords into plowshares. The idea is we can take the uh, we can take the weapons and the energy that we put into killing and destroying, and what if we put that into positive things? Think about in your life how much time you would spend fighting with a neighbor, uh, with a coworker, with a political opponent, with uh, family members. Fighting, I mean, would say fighting drains you of so much energy. Isn't it true? You, you've been in a fight of any kind, emotional, just on email, just on Twitter, just you just come and you're just drained because it takes something from us. So Isaiah gives us this promise, or I just want you to think about the possibility of peace. And he says, the, the, the weapons that have been formed to destroy can be reshaped into things that can bless, that can build. What if, right? Because some of you are already say, no, Chris, that's not possible. Don't, don't, don't start there, Mr. Cynic, please. All right? Just what if you could go and push a button and now you had peace internationally, you had peace interpersonally in your family, and third, you had peace where? In here. And what we will see is that all of this is connected. The peace that we want internationally, the peace that we want interpersonally, and the peace that we want here are all interconnected. When Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers. We have to understand this. This is something that he wants for us. 
a while back I was in someone's office in, in the church here and they were telling me, someone's upset at you, Chris. And I said, oh boy, what, what is it? And they said, well, they're upset at you, something that you said at church on Sunday. And they said, you're a peacenik. I'm a peacenik. And so I thought, I better look that up. I'm not sure what that is. I assume it's like I'm for peace, right, of some sort. And uh, so I looked it up and it turns out, I guess I am. I'm for peace. So sue me. When, when were we not supposed to be for peace? Can someone help me with that one? And then, like, and whenever people get mad at me, it's they always get on their righteous, their Jesus agenda, and all that. I'm thinking, church, Jesus. What part did I get wrong when he said, "Blessed are the what peacemakers"? How many know from the leader, our leader himself? If you're on that train, I don't know what train you're on, right? He said, blessed are the, let's say it together, peacemaker. That means our energy should go towards what? Peace. It's not in one area or two. It should be in every area of our life. And why? Because peace is so much better than the other for millions of reasons. Some of you have already said, but yeah, Chris, that's hard to do and you can't. Don't be so skeptical. If you thought, if everyone bought into Jesus, right? I'm going to make my effort to make peace. Scripture talks about make it your effort to live at peace with everyone. How much energy, how much resource, how much money would we have to redeploy into positive things? Now, I know you know what I'm talking about when you say you've been in a conflict with somebody and you went home and you put your head on your pillow at night and you turned back and forth, back and forth, time going away, energy going away. Why? Because it's being drained, it's being sucked towards this conflict. But peace, first of all, you have to, this is so important, some of you got to listen, you have to believe it's possible. You have to believe that peace is possible within your relationships. You have to believe that peace is possible with very difficult people. Are you with me? Anyone know a difficult person? So what we do is, yeah, but, you know, relationships are good, but you don't know this person. And I don't, but here's what, here's what we know, right? Um, everybody is different. And if you're going to have peace, the first thing you have to do is this. You have to accept everybody's different. They're different. These people are different. They think differently. They talk differently. They walk differently. They believe differently. They dress differently. You get into a close relationship, somebody you love. Maybe you get married or maybe you're in a close relationship and all of a sudden you realize, whoa, this cat is different. Right? They put their shoes right in the living room. And my family, we all, right? I mean, you know, you, you're laughing because you, it's, it's silly, but guess what? Isn't that what it's about at the end of the day? I, uh, honey, if you wouldn't mind, like, we want to always put our shoes by the front door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are they tomorrow? In the living room, right? And you get, right? You get the same pattern. And that's just, that's the way they do it. 
And these little differences, personality differences, right? Some people, they're high, strong, they need everything to be... Some people are laid back, right? God always seems to put them together, right? Uh, and and the, the conflict, it, 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 it's just natural, it just happens. How many have ever found yourself in the middle of an argument... And you started thinking about it, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you realized the thing that you were fighting about was so ridiculous. Anybody? Now, the, here's the problem. You're already invested. So you, you can't admit it now. Does anybody? No one can relate to what I'm saying. You can't admit it now. I've got to wait till I cool off, and then I can admit, this is really, really stupid what we're fighting about here. Why? Because we're different. And the, the reality is the first and the foremost thing we have to, to, to make peace is we have to realize that people are different. Just the people in your house are different. Not to mention the people across the street, not the people across, across the border, not to mention the people across the uh, ocean. They're different. And so peace comes when I am mature. This is really, ready? I am mature enough to accept that they are different. The truth, here's the truth, ready? The truth is most of us get very uncomfortable if we're just around someone who dresses drastically different from us. If you go to another culture and they wear a certain headdress or something like that, all of a sudden it puts, the, the, the blood pressure in us changes. Why? Because we have, this is really important, just think for a minute. This is part of human nature. This is part of what it means to be a human being. You grew up with this, with this instinct to flee or to be distant from people that were different from you. It's, it's actually a survival mechanism. It's not a bad thing when you're starting out. Think. Just, I, 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 that, that could be scary. I don't understand that. So you distance yourself from it. That's okay when you're little. That's okay when you're young. It's okay when you're immature. It's okay when you're just survival. But you get older in life and you have to realize, you know what? Some people, they grew up this way. And some people grew up this way. And so as I mature, I can accept people that are different. The other thing that's really important is you have to overlook other people's faults. This is hard, right? Because we get in relationships with somebody and we want them to be perfect. We want them to do everything exactly right. Don't make any mistakes. Make sure you always put your shoes where I tell you to put your shoes, right? And put the toothpaste here and do this. And we want, we want, and guess what happens? We, if we refuse to overlook other people's faults because they have them, right? They have them. Ready? You have them. And getting along, having peace, is about the fact that you just have to decide, I'm just going to, what? I'm just going to overlook that. I, I would really like it. It would be so much better. I, I, but look, you're going to spend the rest of your life obsessing over trying to get this person to put those shoes here or this there or whatever the case might be. And you have to realize that some people, they just are going to make mistakes. They're just, they're, some people are sloppy. Some people are this. And you have to decide, am I going to spend the rest of my life obsessing? I read this story about this lady who, uh, she was newlywed and her husband bought her a brand new car. 
and uh, they had this new relationship, and they had just been married, and he bought her a brand new car, and she wasn't paying attention, and she smashed the car. Hits an elderly man, and uh, they got out, and everybody was okay, and uh, the elderly man was very gracious, and she was so upset because her husband had just bought her this car, and they'd just gotten married, and she was so upset, and and the guy said, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. And she said, no, my husband's going to be so mad at me. And, and he goes, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be okay. He said, why don't we just exchange the insurance information and we'll be on our way. She said, I don't even know where that is. It's, the car's brand new. And he goes, well, usually it's in the glove box. So she goes to the glove box and she pulls out and there's an envelope. And he says, it's probably in there. So she opens the envelope, and before she could get to the insurance papers, there's a note from her husband, and it says, Dear honey, in case you ever get in an accident, remember, I love you and not the car. <laughs> think, think, where, where does your mind first want to go? He's going to be upset. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. Because, ready? What we have to do is we have to make a decision in our life. This, think about it. This is a fundamental decision. People aren't perfect, right? People make mistakes. We all screw up. What words do you want me to use? Sin. It doesn't, everybody. That's why Jesus kept saying, don't judge. Don't judge. Because if you do, it's going to what? It comes back on you. And so for the sake of peace... You have to just make a decision in your life. I am going to just overlook some things. I can hear you already. Yeah, Chris, but you don't know so-and-so. You don't know so-and-what, right? You got the list. You got the thing. And you've already decided to dismiss what I'm saying. But listen, you can decide. There's like a real beautiful proverb. It's in the fine print. Happy wife, happy life. In other words, you can decide. You can decide, I am going to be right. I'm going to win this argument. I am going to... And, and you will go down. You will just go down in flames because you have this desire to have everyone around you be exactly perfect. You remember what it says in 1 Corinthians? Love keeps no record of what? Wrongs. But what happens to a lot of times when we get in a dispute with somebody? The first thing that we want to do is we want to go back and start to tell them about what they did last Thursday or last April or in 2001. Are you with me? I, as soon as it gets really heated, you need some ammo. No one has any idea what I'm talking about with an argument here at all, right? It gets heated and you need some ammo. You have this backpack. You just take it off and you've got a little file index. Let's see. Yeah, this one will do for this argument right here. I think I even have a picture. Right, are you with me? I am going to go back in time and this is going to fix. Is this going to fix anything? No, it's not going to fix anything. It's going to drug, it's going to just trudge up emotion. It's not, but I'll win, I'll feel better. You're going to feel better for this long. Right? I'll win. 
you won't win. You will isolate yourself further and further to your greater sense of loneliness, right? Which is what always needing to win does. And perpetuate something that's unhealthy. So Paul writes an incredibly inspired passage in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It just tears up the book. I know some stuff's hard to forget. I get that. But you know, if you keep bringing it up, it's going to be, listen, it's going to be that much harder to forget. You keep bringing it up, it's going to solidify it over and over and over again. Now, if you've got a few years on you, how many of you have forgotten a few things over the years? You're talking to somebody like, were we in like here? Or I and then you're in a conversation. I don't know, it doesn't matter anymore because it was so long ago. You can forget. You can move on. But it's a choice. And allowing people the grace that they're going to make mistakes. You're not only going to overlook some of the faults, but you're going to not keep score. Think for a minute. Probably what we really realize about peace is this. Peace out here is connected to peace inside here. In other words, when you see someone who's always in a conflict, always in a battle, always, most of the time, it's because it's already going on in here. In here, there's a war. In here, there's conflict. In here, there's no peace. So perhaps the most important part of peace is having peace in your mind. Scripture talks about the peace of God. It transcends. It transcends human understanding. And so you can get to another realm. You can get to another level. You can access something that doesn't seem like you should be able to access. And you can have peace. It transcends what's going on around you. Oftentimes we see in the Scripture there's stories that go along with this. You remember the story, Jesus uh, the disciples are on the boat and they're in a storm and it's heavily symbolic of what's going on and, and there's a storm that's raging all around them and it says the disciples are straining at the oars. You get this thing where they're, they're conflicted and, and they're worried and they're, they're afraid they're going to drown in the storm. And they get a vision and Jesus comes to them walking what? On the water. And the words are, peace, what? Be still. And everything turns calm. But note this. They get Jesus into their boat, into the inside. This is powerful for us. Because peace, to have it out here in the waves, in the relationships, in all of that, has to start on the inside. You can try every other technique I've given you about overlooking faults and, and, and recognizing differences. You can do all that. But if you don't have this technique of bringing peace here, eventually it falls apart. Really what happens is we project. If we want to find something in someone, that's what we're going to... If we want to find negative, we're going to find negative. Speaking of war and peace years ago... Um, 
you know, we were looking, we were looking for a fight, and so we told there, there's going to be weapons of mass destruction. We've been fighting, right, for decades over some weapons that were never there. Every, everyone's admitted this. Every side, every political party, everyone's admitted this. They, ready? They weren't there. And guess what? We wanted to find them. Now, listen, this is important. If you want to find a fault, if you want to get in a fight with somebody, you will look at their smirk, you will look at their smile, you will look at their tone, you will find something, and you will find a reason to be... Why? Because you're looking. Or, or, if you look through a different set of eyes, right, and you overlook someone's faults, you overlook their differences... You can find a different way to look at a situation. You find reasons for, for fighting or you find reasons for peace. Think about it. It's not good when we want to find problems because they're real easy to find. If you want to find a fault in your spouse, if you want to find a fault with your neighbor, if you want to find a fault, it doesn't take long. It depends on what mode. And it, this will be true. Some of us just wake up in a bad mood. No, I mean, right? Some of you just wake up and you're in a bad mood and you're starting to look right away. I'm just looking for something. And it doesn't take long. You can find someone on the freeway. You can find someone in the store. You can, you can find someone that's giving you their coffee. And there's a reason to be upset. Vicky was telling me the other day about a story she read online about um, these people who are on a cruise ship. And, you know, I think the idea behind a cruise ship is relaxation. I think. I mean, is that the idea? Or is it, do you go, the Katinas do a cruise every year, right? It's relaxation. It's fun. It's unwind. Probably in the peace category, right? Peace, love, and hallelujah, right? As you're going through the waterways. And, and, and one particular group, they get off. They, they, they go too far. They got a whole cruise ship of people. And they didn't get back in time. They were 45 minutes late. And the, the ship left without them. No. I'm sorry. Or, oh boy, I missed the cruise. What are my options? No. We're going to sue the cruise line. Right? Now, ready? Who's got the conflict? It's the person in what? In their mind. The problem is here. Now look, as long as the problem is here, the, the, the waters can never be smooth enough for you. There are no perfect relationships. There are no perfect churches. There are no perfect people. There are no perfect neighborhoods. There, there, that just doesn't exist. So if you want to be happy and have peace in here, you have to make a, a fundamental decision. As a part of my life, I'm going to be a peacemaker. Peace ultimately is when I'm okay with myself. Listen, I'm okay with myself. I'm okay with my, my uh, faults. I'm okay with... This is important. Some of you listen. We project onto other people our own failures and our own faults. Why Jesus kept saying, don't judge, don't judge. Because, you know, it's human tendency is when I'm frustrated with myself, when I'm frustrated with myself, what's easier for me to do? Project onto somebody else. 
Now, years ago, um, years ago it was, you know, thing to be always fighting. I grew up in a culture, you were just, I was just taught to fight. And um, what I realized somewhere later on in my life is it's so exhausting. It's so exhausting. It's so draining. You don't always need to be against somebody. You don't always need to pick a team. You don't always have to pick a side. You, what you can do is you can say, I don't understand that person. I don't agree with them. I, but you know what? I'm not choosing conflict in my life. Peace, right, comes when you move, right, from an attitude of pessimism and suspicion about somebody to trust. Guys are going to come and sing a couple songs, but listen, I want to tell you, uh, I want to tell you something that happened to me. Um, I was, every morning I was singing a song for Charlie. I would sing, Do You Love Me, Surfer Girl, right? And uh, I'd go through all the words, and, and uh, I wanted to pick another song. So now, after I sing, Do You Love Me, Surfer Girl, I, I, uh, I get to, it's a wonderful world. And uh, I start singing it to her. And I would find myself, I'm not trying to be like sappy or whatever, but I would find myself crying because the words are just, it's a wonderful world. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And I thought, you know, if there's anything I want to put in this little mind and this little heart is, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Life's wonderful. You're wonderful. The world's wonderful. Everything's wonderful. It's a miracle. And so I think you get to start your life in a fundamental way. You get to start your day in a fundamental way. And it's, I'm going to look for problems. I'm going to look for this. I'm going to look. Uh, and, and man, when you do, it's exhausting. It's tiring. And just conflict. How many know conflict builds on top of conflict? You know, once you've got a problem going, they just keep escalating. Or you, you scrap that whole program. You take Jesus at his word. Blessed are the peacemakers. I'm going to make peace. I'm going to start my life not looking for problems, but looking for peace. Every possible way. In every situation, every relationship, can we make some peace?